The Boston Bruins in action tonight against the Ottawa Senators, looking to shake off a little mini losing streak here. Uh, going to give you all the details on that, but first, very happy to be joined by a special guest today. So without delay, let's get into it, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. Still uh, a bit congested, so bear with me, fighting off this cold. Uh, I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day, free and available on all podcast platforms, as well as on YouTube. So please hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can follow along at Locked NHL Bruins on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at ENC McLaren. And uh, like I said off the top, very happy to be joined by a special guest today, someone that I've been uh, hoping to get on the podcast for quite some time. Uh, you know her from the NHL Network, NHL on TNT, perhaps also from uh, WWE for the wrestling fans out there. I've been following her work for a bit longer, being up in Canada. She was, of course also on the score and Sportsnet, and that would be Jackie Redmond. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. <laughs> mom, I can see. <laughs> My mom is literally like, out crawling on the floor back there so that she doesn't that get a shot. Mom, you is hilarious. I have a couch right behind me as well that uh, oh my gosh, one of my so kids or my wife has been seeing on that couch uh, many times oh, before. So yeah. people she, are used I, to I just saw like a human <laughs> calling and I was like, oh my gosh, mom. That but uh, I'm, I'm at my parents' house right now uh, visiting them as we get closer to Easter. So I apologize, Ian. Very nice. Um, no, no problem at all. Crazy uh, intro, but uh, listen, you know what this is like when you're when you're working from home. So exactly, yeah, totally. Thank you so much, Jackie, for for taking some time to chat. Uh, like I said, yeah, been a big fan, obviously, for a while. We have a shared former employer in the score. I worked there for about five years after the mobile app TV split. I know you continued on the TV side with Sportsnet, but working, yeah, in the states for a while now. I'm supposed to mention your co-host of the NHL now on weekdays, 4 p.m. on the NHL network, which yeah. people should check out. Uh, I always like to ask people when they come on the podcast, kind of their hockey origin stories. It's kind of fitting that you're at home, I guess. <laughs> Is it just a matter of growing up in Canada, growing up in London, kind of just the natural way it goes for us Canadians or is there something, uh, something bigger to it why how you fell in love with the game of hockey i think yeah i think that's definitely a part of it just the environment being canadian hockey being so big here but people will ask me all the time like what was the moment that you got in you know fell in love with hockey where were you at a game what and i can't even pinpoint a moment because i feel like hockey has just always been a part of my life like my right, dad right. Is a massive hockey fan so I grew up watching Hockey Night in Canada every Saturday, watching Leafs games every other night. 
listening to sports talk radio with my dad um, as I got older. So it's just always been there. And then my sister and I were both like massively into sports as kids. So we played everything, hockey, baseball, basket. Like we just were so into sports and we both loved hockey um, was our favorite sport. So we both played from a young age. I think we both started skating around three or four, uh, which is pretty normal, I would say, um, for Ontario kids. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's just, it's always been there. And then I think as I got older, it became a real foundation of um, a lot of the important relationships and friendships in my life in terms mm-hmm. of you know, where I felt the most comfortable at school, especially in those awkward, like, seventh grade to 10th grade <laughs> right. years where everyone's figuring out who they are. And it's a weird world and I, I feel like I always felt the most comfortable and the most me when I was in a sports setting, mm, playing sports, talking about sports, whatever it is. And I think that, you know, I, I owe a lot to my, my parents and my sister for that. But I would mm-hmm. say that's where the real passion of it of it comes from is just that it's it's such, been such an, uh, an important part of my life and my upbringing just in terms of like my roots. So it's just right, feels right, like right. it's always been there, you know, it's just part yep. of me. Yeah. I wonder if you have the same for me, I, I grew up in Ottawa and now I live in Guelph. Um, so I've always followed like the 67s. Now the Guelph storm, was it the same for you? Kind of feel like a tie to the, I guess it would be the London Knights maybe. Uh, oh is yeah. That part of that part of it as well. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah. We've always followed the London Knights uh, when they were really, 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 really bad playing at the ice house. Anyone from London, yeah. with, uh, the ice house. And then they made the, the arena downtown, which they still play. And I think it's called Budweiser Gardens still. Yeah. Although it's arena like, name changes, I can't keep up with them um, all yeah. the time. But, uh, and, you know, then they obviously went through their really, really great stretch uh, where they were winning Memorial Cups when I was mm-hmm. in high school and, and college and that sort of thing. So, and then my sister ended up working for the Hunters oh, uh, wow. at one point. So, um, yeah, we definitely follow the Knights and have for a long time, even way back when they were terrible. I think they had yeah, like that... I think they had like a three win season when I was really, really young. Yikes! Yeah. yeah. Now they're kind of seen as like the the Yankees of the of the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. I've only been to that rink once, but it's like nicer than some NHL rinks. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a good rink, and it's such a well supported team. I know it's easy to say that when they're good, but I think like the Knights. Yeah. Fall- solid solid fan sport mm-hmm. now uh shifting to the nhl yesterday the bruins announced that it will be the pittsburgh penguins uh who will be their opponents for the 2023 winter classic i just wanted to get your thoughts on that matchup is that something that excites you is it something that's got a bit stale because we've seen these two teams play outdoors they're already repeating venues now. This will be the second one at Fenway Park. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of this upcoming winter classic? Is it still a big deal? Still something to get excited about, you think? I think it is. Um, I know I'm a little bit biased, you know, working for NHL Network, but I do really enjoy <laughs> the outdoor game experience. And I think that it is built for the fans in attendance, right? Like it does, it looks great on TV, especially when it's a new venue and you've not seen it before or it's somewhere like, you know, Lake Tahoe and you get these crazy scenics. Of yeah, course, that, that stuff was really cool. Yeah, like that stuff is amazing on television. But I think at, at its core, the stadium series games and the Winter Classics, those are about the fans that are there, right? right? Creating these lasting memories, whether it's freezing cold or it's maybe a little bit too warm or whatever <laughs> it is, um, depending where it is. And I think 
in this case where we have a couple of teams that we've seen in these outdoor situations before, um, you know, you could you could argue that, oh, maybe like it's we should do something new. We've seen Crosby and the Pens. We've seen the Bruins in a lot of these. But yeah. I think teams that or excuse me, for fans that maybe are close enough to Boston that they can make the trip and see mm. a player like Sidney Crosby and maybe they haven't had that opportunity before and to see it in such a different setting um, could be a big or will definitely be a big mm-hmm. draw as well. So for me, it's all about that outdoor experience, you know, being outside, tailgating outside, having that sort of holiday magic around the Winter Classic as well. Right. Feel just like it's it's a part of Christmas, you know? Yeah, like that's how yeah, I feel about it. It's like just a part of that of the holiday experience now whether you're you're there as a as a fan or you're throwing it on the TV at home and you're surrounded by family, you know, drinking spiked eggnog and enjoying hot <laughs> Like I just yeah, is part sure. of it for me. Like I hope the Winter Classic never goes away. Like I, yeah. I personally love it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I definitely. You get like the Winter Classic in the afternoon. There's usually, well, I don't know. There's usually a break for the World yeah. Juniors, I guess, on New Year's Day. But yeah, just still that that whole holiday vibe is uh, is pretty fun for hockey for sure. Yeah. Um, before we move on, a quick word about Bet Online. Uh, they're your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including basketball playoffs coming up, Major League Baseball, hockey playoffs, of course. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, uh, looking at the NHL right now, standings, Eastern Conference has been like a non-playoff race for quite a while now. Uh, Boston Bruins, who we talk about here, I think they can clinch tonight, actually, if they beat Ottawa and the Islanders fail to pick up a point. Yeah. Uh, They're fourth overall in point percentage since January 1st. Um, do you think this Bruins team, if healthy, uh, could actually do something in the playoffs or is the East just kind of too deep, too good to, for like one of these wildcard teams to, to make a run? Um, you know, it's so crazy because I think it's seven of the top 10 teams in the league in points percentage are in the East. (laughs) And so no matter what happens, a really good team is going home in the first yeah. round like it's inevitable it's just more than one really um when you look when it's all said and done so for me the boston bruins are a team i would not be shocked at all if if they had a first round exit this year but i also yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they went into the postseason got a little bit healthy which i think is a massive part of whether or not they're going to be successful um and they get some goaltending which jeremy swayman you know had a stretch where he looked unbeatable some nights you know he looked really really good so if you're going to get that version of him against a team that maybe isn't as solidified between the pipes not that he is but you know what i'm saying um then yeah i think the boston bruins could certainly do something um they have that culture there right and even though they're not the same team that we saw in the final against the blues they're still a good team and they know what it takes to win at their core Mm -hmm. Um, but i do think the injuries are scary for me with boston like the lynn home thing is 
I mean, that's a tough one. And then obviously you want Pasternak healthy and Swayman. You hope that in the postseason he can he can play closer to above average than average. Mm-hmm. Yep. And do that. At least that's how I look at it. Um, but like we always talk about, matchups I think are everything. It's not who mm-hmm. you, sometimes it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And if Boston is banged up and then goes into a series against Carolina, I think it's going to be a tough go for them. I think mm-hmm. Carolina has outscored them like 16 to 1 in three yeah, games. Yeah, it's been pretty like bad that, this year. <laughs> which is like mind-blowing because, yeah. you know, they're the Boston Bruins. But I think Carolina's a team that I, all year, I, I come into the office like every couple of weeks and I'm like, who are the Carolina Hurricanes? Like, <laughs> yeah. Last week I thought they were really good. And this week I think maybe, I don't know. Like, I think they're good, but are they great? And right. I think we're still trying to figure that out with Carolina, but for whatever reason, and I think, you know, depth and speed has a lot to do with it. Carolina just matches up well against the Boston Bruins. Yeah. And so if Boston can avoid that first round matchup, I think maybe that's better for them. Um, but needless to say, because this goes to all for all teams, but with the injuries that the Bruins have dealt with the last couple of weeks, if they can be healthy. Um, I think that'd go a long way, obviously. Yeah. There's two things that came to mind when you were talking about the Hurricanes there. One, yeah, they've been awful against them, including Willie O'Ree night where the Bruins lost like 7-1, to one, which mm-hmm. was pretty bad. I think Rask was in net that game. But if there's one thing uh, with the Hurricanes that somewhat encourages me, it's um, Frederick Anderson in I net knew it. the Bruins have had success against in the playoffs. I knew uh, you were <laughs> So that along with Jake DeBrusque playing pretty well lately, is kind of encouraging. Um, if the Bruins don't play the Hurricanes, most likely they would be matched up against the Maple Leafs in the first round. Yeah. Um, I know NHL Network, you're impartial, but you are I'm also, not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not impartial. From Leafland. <laughs> Do you, as a Leafs person, would you want to play the Bruins in the first round to kind of get over that hump. Like psychologically it would be good for them. Or is it a case where like, I don't want to do this again. Just let's not, let's just try to avoid this, this whole thing once again. I think I'm probably in the minority here, but I wouldn't mind seeing Boston and Toronto in the first round. Obviously if the Leafs were to lose to Boston again (laughs) in the first round, I don't know what would happen to hockey fans. I don't even know what it would look like. It'd be a disaster. But I do, I am a believer that if the Leafs were to beat the Boston Bruins in the first round and move on, I think not only do they get the, okay, we made it out of the first round just in general, monkey Mm -hmm. off their back. All of a sudden, they've got this crazy amount of confidence because they did it against a team that has just destroyed them forever, it feels like. And so to kind of like when the capitals beat the penguins right it's like Mm. the penguins had been the team that for years just like the capitals just could not get over that hump could not beat pens they finally do it you've got the koozie selly they go on (laughs) and and they win the cup not saying the leafs are going to go win a cup if just because they beat boston in the first round but i think that mentally it gives them a massive confidence for sure moving forward now saying that from a bruins perspective since we are on a Bruins podcast right now. Yeah. Um, I think for Boston, I don't know that they want to see the Leafs in the first round because the Leafs, you know, the Leafs have their flaws. It's undeniable. They have flaws in their roster, but the way that Matthews and Marner are playing right now, 
They are just on another level this season. And especially in the last few weeks, it just feels like Toronto is really hitting their stride at the Mm -hmm. perfect time. And so if that continues, I'm worried about anybody really facing Toronto in the first round because they're they're just that dangerous when Matthews are on the ice. So if they can continue to produce, and I know I know there's people (laughs) that are gonna tweet me that are like, well, last year they didn't do anything in the first round, and that's fair. But I think those are two players who um, almost like, you know, when you hit, you hit rock bottom, it's like, well, it can't get worse than this. Right. And it almost like creates, it's almost freeing in a way where you're like, you know what, whatever. Like, it's not going to get worse than blowing a 3-1 series lead to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that's dangerous. So if I'm the Boston Bruins, I don't, I don't know that I'm crazy about facing Toronto in the first round. And I'll say this about Carolina as well. I mean, Boston has had success against Carolina in the playoffs in the mm-hmm. past. And we see it all the time where a regular season series, one team is very dominant, and then you get in the postseason, and it's it's the complete reverse. Like, right. like a few years ago, for whatever reason, when when Taylor Hall was in Jersey, they just like they swept the season series against Tampa, and then everyone talked about going into the playoff series, and then it 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 didn't matter. Right, I think right. you know with with the Penguins and the Rangers right now, we're talking about oh wow, like the Pens can't beat the mm-hmm. Rangers. But is it different in a seven-game series? I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I think the regular season series is not the end-all, be-all. Right. I think it'd, be, it'd probably be a really hard-fought, good series between Boston and Carolina because you've also got two really good coaches uh, behind the bench that I think would uh, probably push that series the distance if if everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way, the way I see it, Toronto, you, you would think, is going to break through at some point. I would personally prefer it not to be against the Bruins, obviously. Just for, I like that. That's a good perspective. It can't for, be. <laughs> I was hoping it would be last year when, you know, all Canadian, uh, all Canadian division, but they sure messed that up pretty good. But uh, just for, yeah, not wearing the Bruins to lose to the Leafs, the stress of family Let's having to deal this. with all that. I have a question for you, Ian. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about the New York Rangers somehow taking over top spot in the Metro and then getting a New York-Boston series? How would you feel about that? I mean, I feel two ways about it. One, I would love it because I think the Bruins-Rangers rivalry is is ripe for a comeback. I, I don't like that they're yeah. not in the same division. The whole Boston-New York thing, all different sports, like, it's just thrilling to see and anytime they play it's always fun to watch obviously apart from Andre Vasilevsky I'd say Igor Shosturkin is is the best goalie in the east uh yeah. if not the NHL he scares me the fact that the Rangers are so good without getting a lot of contributions from like a recent first overall pick and a recent second overall pick that's crazy to me as well uh I th- I think the Rangers could could really uh, surprise some people and come out of the East, really, if uh, if Shesterkin's on his game, for sure. Yeah, that's a series-stealing goalie, for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. for sure. Like, I would be terrified of the Rangers. But at the same time, you know, the one thing the Boston Bruins have is the experience of, like, knowing right. what it to get under someone's skin yeah. and make a goalie uncomfortable, make the players in front of said goaltender um, uncomfortable. So I'd be curious to see, like, just the experience of, of players like, you know, Marchand and Bergeron, yeah, right. these guys, 
who knows what it takes to win and, and how to really grind down an opponent in a series. Mm-hmm. Be curious to see how that would play out. Like, would it work? Would the would the big bad Bruins be able to like, you know, get Chris Kreider riled up? And yeah. Have like these guys off their game? Maybe not. But I'm just I'm yeah. Sure to see how it would play out. But you're right. Igor is. When you look at so many of the playoff teams, you could argue at the very least that there's questions between the pipes for a lot of them on both sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for New York, that's the one thing that you wouldn't really question. They're pretty solid there. People with the whole like Igor heart thing that was happening a few weeks ago, as soon as he pulled, everyone was like, oh, we got pulled in the game. Yeah, that's kind of cooled off a bit for sure. Vesna, maybe, or probably, but yeah, not. uh... Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Marsha and Bergeron. I was watching a couple interviews that you did with those guys, and I was going to ask kind of, you've interviewed a bunch of Bruins over the years. Has there been any kind of memorable moments from those or any oh, gosh. anything you didn't real like, you know, Brad Marchand, for instance, people see what he does on the ice, and then his off-ice persona's a lot different. Was there anything kind of that you took away from any of those interviews over the years? Um, yeah, you know, I'll say this. I'm from Nova Scotia, so I'm, I have a little bit of Nova Scotia mm, bias. Right. Uh, but I will say that, you know, one thing that I've always respected about Brad Marchand is that he says what he really thinks, no mm. matter what, and he doesn't really care what people think. And whether you love him or you hate him, you have to at least admire the fact that he's able to truly not really care what people think about him. That's <laughs> yeah. not an easy thing to do in any role that is... Uh, public facing it's hard. Mm-hmm. it's hard it's not most of us we care too much about what people think he doesn't yeah. so i love that about him i find him super entertaining there's obviously times on the ice where he has crossed the line i think he <laughs> knows that yeah. um, so i'm not saying that he's a saint or anything like that but i just think he's developed into such a solid player one of the best in the league and sometimes it's disheartening to see that outside of boston or outside of people that have really followed him as a player right. uh, to see that they just chalk him up to be this like this rat or whatever rat, yeah um and they don't really it's like well if that if you think that's all he is then you're not really watching the bruins play you're mm-hmm. not actually watching him play hockey then yeah. because and, and for me like the second someone says that to me i'm just like well your credibility for me is like <laughs> It's just like out the window because you're right. not watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's my sort of take on Brad Marchand. But the first few times I interviewed him, I just say like, he's super nice. He seems really, you know, like a good guy to be around. And you talk to his teammates, right? Like you talk to someone like mm-hmm. Patrice Brown, who's so well-respected and they love him. Like they yeah. would run through a wall for him. They they have so much respect for him. And and I think that tells you what kind of guy he is. He is off the ice, right? For he's, sure. He's a great teammate, great friend. Uh, by all counts. Um, and then in terms of just like um, memories, I don't I don't know what stands out. I do remember when Charlie McAvoy first came in the league and I was covering a Bruins game and I mm-hmm. or I was covering I was doing NHL now from from the arena or something. Maybe they were at MSG to play to play the Rangers. It was a few years ago, obviously, because it was right. boys first year. And um, I was interviewing him and he came up to do the interview and, you know, what? rookies they'd like to give them a hard time so he's doing the interview and like marshan and a few of the other guys are like behind the camera like making faces at him yeah. to, like embarrass <laughs> him and like get him off his game and distract him like while he's yeah. doing like an interview um so i've always remembered that and, and sort of laughed about that because it just like you know all teams are the same you know like yeah, if you're yeah, throwing yeah. up that's like it's not 
like we're getting interviewed at 12, but you know, we're pulling pranks on each other. We're joking around yeah, um, and that sort of thing. And then sure. I always have love for Bruce Cassidy because whenever I see him, yeah, and yeah. I interview him, he, he flat out will chirp me for being a Leafs fan <laughs> and be like, I know you don't like oh, to nice. Jackie, but you know, so I love that I have that sort of dynamic with Bruce. He's such a good dude. And, um, and I love, like, I, I love that. Like, I am open about my where I come from and the team that I root for. So yeah, yeah. the coach in the league is like, listen, Redmond, I know you're a Leafs yeah. fan, but, like, <laughs> here's what I think about this. I just think it's great, and it makes the job more fun. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah, for sure. I don't take myself that seriously. So um, I always respect and appreciate when a coach is like, I get you. Like, you're having fun. You're covering yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me that you're open about it. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's a great he's a great coach, <laughs> great guy for sure. We're we're lucky yeah. to have to have Love him. Love me some Bruce coach. Cassidy. Yeah. A couple quick ones before I let you go, Jackie. I first uh non hockey one, I always like to ask people, I know you're super busy, but you might not even have time for this, but is there like one show recommendation you can drop on people, something that you're Ooh. loving right now? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um, well, I just, I mean, everyone was watching Yellowstone in 1883. Uh, yes. So I was huge yep. into those. If, if people haven't watched those, then like I would just and say- And the prequel, oh. right? I think we, did we talk about the prequel on Twitter? The 1883, did you watch yeah, that? Yeah, 1883 is so, I loved 1883. So good. I'm so yeah. excited to see whatever like next show that mm -hmm. they do is. 1883, I would actually say- I liked season one of 1883 more than season mm -hmm. four. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like Yellowstone season four. I'm anxious for five because mm -hmm. four I felt was a bit, was a bit boring. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say those two. And then I'm a huge, me and Mike Rupp, who works at NHL Network, obviously, um, we both love Big Brother. So we're oh, both okay. very into that. The Canadian one is airing right now. So uh, that's what I'm watching. <laughs> Uh, when I'm not watching hockey. Very cool. <laughs> and then uh, last question. First two teams that come to your mind, Stanley Cup finalists, who's it going to be? Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, I'm going to say West seems pretty easy. What, Colorado? I'd say Colorado. At this See, point I like to be spicy and not pick what everyone's picking. So just to keep this interesting, I'm going to yeah. say Calgary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Hey, Calgary. Colorado fans are going to hate it because I've said it before, and they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, see, no. this is this is what I'm doing. I'm poking the bear a little bit. Yeah. Um, the East. I find the East so difficult because I could make the case, I think, for a few different teams. Mm -hmm. um, I will go with... <sighs> I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers, but I'm wow. going to I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I am not as convinced as everyone, as most people, I should say, that the Florida Panthers are going to go on some deep run. Like, I don't think it's a given at all. No. Um, they've not, they have accomplished as much as the Leafs have in the postseason. Nothing. They've not won yeah. any. Yeah. So, the only two teams good. not to win in the shootout era, except for Seattle, not to win a playoff series round. Yeah. So I. I, the East, I find to be such a cluster. Like, I don't yeah. know who's going to come out of the East. I think if the Florida Panthers did it, okay, great. They had a great season. But, like, I don't know what version of Aaron Ekblad are they going to get when he comes Bobrovsky back. Bobrovsky worries me, too. Is Bobrovsky Sub, sub 900 be... save percentage in the playoffs. 
is it going to be good Bob or is it going to be bad Bob? Because it's one or the other, right? It's Mm -hmm. not usually an in-between. And then um, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that could go deep. I do think if the Toronto Maple Leafs get out of the first round, that could maybe catapult them forward. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are interesting. They've struggled a bit recently. um, And Mm -hmm. a lot of what they're going to do is going to depend on Jari. Um, But then the Rangers, like if Igor Shosturkin puts up a 940 save in the playoffs, I mean, they're going to have a hard time losing to anyone two games in a row. So... I guess what I'm saying is I don't know, Ian. I don't. We'll just know. land on the Bruins. We'll, we'll, we'll just settle there. We'll just land there. Sure, you heard it here, folks. Sure, Jackie Redmond picking the Bruins to win the cup. <laughs> uh, well, Jackie, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to chat. I know you're hanging with family for Easter, but uh, it really means a lot that, uh, yeah, you took some time. Uh, where can people find you if they're not following on Twitter already, where you're on TV? All right. Uh, you can find me on TV in the United States on NHL Network, four to six, Tuesday to Fridays, and then in the postseason, pretty much every day. Um, Twitter, I'm at Jackie underscore Redmond. Instagram, I'm at Jackie Redmond. TikTok, very new, but oh, at wow. real Jackie Redmond, I think. There's some <laughs> fake ones on TikTok. Oh, wow. oh no. Uh, which no, is good. interesting. And, uh, yeah, I think that's everything. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, happy Easter. Enjoy your time with your family. And uh, we'll try to catch up again sometime down the road. Jackie, thanks so much again. Hey, thanks for having me on Keep Up the Great Work. It was awesome catching up with you. Thanks, Jackie. Take care. Bye. All right. That was uh, that was awesome. Thanks so much to Jackie for taking some time to chat. It really, uh, yeah, it does mean a lot. And, uh, yeah, someone I've been following for quite a long time since her time up here in Canada and uh, super cool of her to take some time. Just wanted to finish with a couple notes about the Bruins game tonight. Uh, some changes to the lineup being made. Trent Frederick is a healthy scratch. He's being replaced by Jesper Froden, who will skate on the second line. Uh, Mark McLaughlin, McLovin being bumped down to the fourth line. Thomas Nosek going to the third line to play with Coyle and Smith. Third line being called out by Bruce Cassidy. Uh, He really wants to see them up their game. Uh, On defense, still some injuries to be contending with. Lindholm's out. Carlo's out. Grizzlick back in the lineup. He'll play with Josh Brown. Riley McAvoy, Fulbrook Clifton, and then Linus Ulmark will get the start. Uh, Already going a bit long here, so talk about... Uh, Johnny Beecher signing an amateur tryout agreement on tomorrow's podcast, as well as recap whatever happens tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, But again, thank you so much to Jackie. Hope you enjoyed that chat. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.